This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. And this week, we are concluding our coverage of season three with our wrap-up episode. Yay! (laughs) Finally! (laughs) I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. just mentioned it in the outtakes but i last time we did this i listened to our season one wrap up to like remind myself of our structure as we went into the season two wrap up did not do this this time so we're winging it yeah we're making this up as we go along i also did not open the wiki babe has hot cocoa i have apple cider that is the drinks of choice dean is dead Yep. By Twoo. Sad. Much Not sad. for long, though. Only four months. <laughs> Alright. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that oh, one. that's... There we go. <laughs> that is a gorgeous screen cap. Yeah. I love that. The lighting, the angle. That's fun. I like that. Okay. I guess we'll just jump into this. We just kind of go through. I forgot what the first episode was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go through one it's episode kind of at a time. Un- and unmemorable it's season the opener. Most, <laughs> like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uninspiring? That's not the right word. Unexciting? Yeah, it's not exciting. It's underwhelming. Yeah, that's the word. It's the most <laughs> underwhelming season opener I think of. Almost, potentially the whole show. I can't remember all of the season openers off the top of my head, but I think Especially Magnificent with Seven season four's opener. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I think Magnificent Seven takes the cake is like the most underwhelming season opener, which is so interesting because it. Oh my god, your phone just scared the scared me too. Harrow <laughs> sending me TikToks. Hi Harrow. Um, like it's written by Eric Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. In general, it's not a bad episode. It's just not a great it's opener. It's just not a good opener. Yeah. It feels like a monster of the week episode. I not a season premiere. Filmed like in a different order. That is a really And then they're like, Well, we have to make this the season opener now because of the writer's strike or something. Well, the writer's strike didn't happen until after they filmed season or episode twelve, Justin Bellow. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so I don't really know. Let me see. Do they have anything in the, like, the minutia? Um. Nope. Just information about the sins and stuff. Jared and the seven deadly sins. (laughs) That was a behind the scenes photo. I don't think I've seen that one. Aww. Cute. That's funny. <laughs> Just a funny <laughs> caption for that photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah. Um. <laughs> Babe has stacked her tissue box on top of her iceberg gum container. 
for some reason and then keep putting it back and then being surprised when it doesn't stay because it's off balance <laughs> also babe is having some really bad allergies so if she's sneezing that's I'm having why. an allergy attack so yeah she's i don't we don't know what's causing it um if you want to point the air purifier over here that might help i don't know but yeah, maybe it's, uh, when did when did it start it's been pretty much all day yeah but it hasn't gotten this bad since, until i got home that's really weird but yeah so we kick off the season with magnificent seven sam and dean and bobby hunt the seven deadly sins um there's the really disgusting scene where isaac drinks uh like drain cleaner which is horrific i was listening to um a like local utah podcast called cold it's very good if you're into um true crime cold is a good podcast it's available on amazon music only now i think the first season is available everywhere but the second and third seasons are amazon music only which kind of sucks but whatever um but in it he talked briefly about the um ogden hi-fi murders have you heard of those Mm -mm. here let me let me make sure i'm getting it right yeah the ogden hi-fi murders which was the torture and killing of three people during a robbery at the Hi-Fi Shop, a home audio store in Ogden, Utah, on the evening of April 22nd, 1974. Um, and at one point, one of the killers made at least one of the victims drink drain cleaner, because I guess he saw it in a movie that it was like an instant death. But it isn't actually... Yeah, the hostages were forced to drink a corrosive drain cleaner, causing burns to their mouths and throats. Um, but it didn't actually kill them because it's not an instant death. It's just a really miserable um, torture, like a really awful form of torture, really. It's, it does it horrific, horrific. Um, but yeah, drain, drinking drain cleaner is now like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, between learning about the hi fi murders and this fucking episode. <laughs> no thank you oh but yeah overall this episode it's fine like i said i think it's a fine monster of the week episode but it's not a very good season premiere but we do meet ruby which is really fun and i think this is the first time that someone calls sam the boy king which is one of my favorite titles for sam so yeah and we move on from there to the kids are all right which is a good oh, episode yeah. little dean he <laughs> <laughs> was like who's lisa and i'm like what <laughs> i still never remember her when you tell me her name <laughs> yeah kids are all right it was written by sarah gamble directed by phil segrisha um this one is one of the ones that genuinely freaks me out those the the changelings yeah i hate the changelings like of all of the supernatural episodes and monsters the changelings are in the like the creepiest for me yeah like ah not a fan don't like creepy children no thank you so but this one would get kind of fun um because we get into 
um, like a little like backstory for Dean. Um, we meet Lisa, and I love Lisa. I think she's really great. She's kind of a controversial character in the fandom, but most of Dean's love interests, no, not most, all of Dean's love interests are controversial characters in some way, shape, or form, because... Castiel? No, um, partially, Dastiel, yes. what's it called? Castiel. Oh, Destiel, the Thank ship. You. I think that's part of it. I said Destiel. I think that's one aspect of it. It depends on what side of the fan, like, what section of the fandom you're in, but there's also, like, a section of, like, female fans who... Like, this, this is kind of a thing. Like, they people want to be able to fantasize about the hero, you know? So if the hero is romantically unavailable, that, like, makes the fantasizing more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if he's unavailable because of a character that the, the viewer doesn't like for some reason. Sometimes people get very, very defensive about that, and they get really, like, protective. So Lisa's a bit controversial because of the, like, th- kind of those reasons. But I personally like her. I think she's fun. <laughs> she is honestly shockingly chill, considering she knows what Dean does. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so that's two, two of Dean's love interests that know what he does. Yeah. Zero of Sam's. No, Madison. Madison and Sarah now, actually. Sam's die. <laughs> that's true. Sam is Sam is two to one on the dying love interest dying. Was that the season with the werewolf? Was that last season? That was last season. Heart was last season. Um, is that someone's big ass truck out there? Probably. Jesus, there are some big trucks that park in our apartment complex, like insanely huge trucks. Like you don't need a truck. <laughs> Bless you. <Sorry. laughs> like. You don't need a truck that big, sir, unless you're compensating for something. <laughs> so, um. <coughs> bless you. <laughs> Help. <laughs> what do you need? I'm tired of easy. I don't know how to help you, baby. Do you want me to go get the Benadryl right now? We'll fall asleep halfway through this. <laughs> <sighs> Alright. What are your thoughts on Kids Are Alright? I thought it was a good one. Yeah. It's just another Monster of the Week episode. It doesn't monster. delve too much into Metaplot. Um, oh, this is the one where Sam learns that Ruby is a demon. Mm. Um, and he also learns that everyone, um, all of his mom's like family and friends, have been like killed oh, or yeah. have died in some way. Which is interesting um and this is the one where ruby says that she can help sam save dean so um let's see what's next bad day at black rock this this is a good episode this one's really good i love this episode written by ben edland directed by robert singer do we get a classic Robert Singer zoom in this episode? I don't remember. I probably mentioned it in our coverage if we do. Um, he's the one who always does the like dramatic zoom in on things. It's is this the great. first episode with Bella, too? Yes. Yeah. This is the episode where we meet Bella. Jared gets to do a whole bunch of really fun physical comedy. <laughs> poor, poor Sam. This is... I feel like Bad Day at Black Rock is, for Sam, 
what yellow fever is for Dean in terms of like comedy and physical comedy. Or, Though, uh, mystery spot. Yeah, I'll say mystery spot. Mystery spot is also a good one for Dean having some physical comedy. Um, Jared just kills it this episode. He's like a giant kicked puppy. It's the best. It's- <laughs> He's just so mopey. This he is so done. From basically, I think the minute he falls down in the parking lot, he's like, I'm, I can't do this. <laughs> he just keeps biffing it. I love when he takes down, he like trips over the cord and like takes out the lamp and the radio and stuff and ends up behind the couch. And Dean just stands there and is like, you good? Sam's like, yeah. <laughs> like, the poor guy. <laughs> this episode is so, so good. And we also get um, more Gordon in this episode. Just a little bit. But we get some Gordon. What is he doing this he again? Sends, um, he sends the Jesus guy oh, yeah. after Sam. Um, I love Gordon. Gordon is such a fascinating character like in so many ways i know that there's lots of like um like race issues and around his character but just like objectively i think gordon is a really really interesting character i think sterling does such a good job was an like the perfect choice he is incredible that man is so fucking talented like yeah (laughs) and he just took what was maybe a not a super great well thought out role and just to the next level (laughs) oh he just nails it yeah every single time he's on screen he is just captivating he's so good i love gordon i love sterling as gordon gordon's one of my favorite like bad guys that we encounter throughout the show hands down Because he's just... And I think he's so... Like, he's kind of... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a twist on him. Utterly fascinating. typical bad guy, because he's another hunter. Yeah, he's another hunter, and the only other hunters we've really encountered are, like, Sam, Dean, Bobby, John. You know, like, there's the Caleb guy that Meg murders. There's the priest that Meg murders. (laughs) Meg murders a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, like... There's Tamara and Isaac, but they're, like, loners but good people, you know? Like, all the other hunters we've encountered are, like, like, yeah, they're, like, fucked up and they've got trauma and shit, but in general, they're good guys. Yeah. And then you get Gordon, and you're, so you're kind of, like, expecting someone along the same vein, and then you, like, slowly peel back these layers, and you're like, oh... Oh, he's fucked up. <laughs> he's like next level fucked up. He is. He's like he's what Dean would be without Sam to like keep yeah. him grounded and level. I think because we start to kind of see that Dean like when Dean like is falling into his, um, his grief at the beginning of season two when they first meet Gordon and like kind of getting sucked into Gordon's like yeah mentality, but but Sam like grounds him, you know. Yeah. Um, like, brings him back down to reality. <laughs> it just, like, Gordon is the, what ha- happens when hunters go the wrong way, you know? Yeah. And he is such an interesting character. I really honestly would love, would have loved more Gordon. <laughs> like, because I just, I just enjoy him so much. He's so much fun. Every time he's on screen... He just 
dominates the scene. He just sucks you right in. I love him. Absolutely love Gordon. And he's only in this episode, like, a little bit. Like, two scenes, I think. The beginning at the end. So, but then we also get another incredible actor in this episode, which is um, Lauren, who plays Bella. She's another one that you're just like... <laughs> I love Bella. <laughs> utterly captivated every time she's on screen. She's such not a great character. is she a fantastic actor, she's fucking gorgeous. Like, she... The woman is so beautiful. And she plays up and so good she, every time she's on the screen. Oh, her and Jensen, the way they bounce off each other, I feel like they must have had so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like... So this is a fantastic introduction to her. I love the way they introduce her in this episode because it's not just like she doesn't get introduced as herself. She gets introduced via what she does, like what the things she's best at, which is like sleight of hand and all that, you know, trickery and the way that she just gets right past their guard, like, and you immediately are like, oh, this is not a woman to mess with, like. She knows what she's dealing with because, like, we specifically even see her not, she's purposefully not touching the rabbit's foot. Yeah. You know, like, she knows this is a smart woman. She is in this world, but she is not a hunter. Like, this is someone to look out for because. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Bella. This is such a fun introduction for a character, too, mm-hmm. I think. But, yeah, all around. That day of Black Rock, really good episode. (laughs) Not very meta heavy. Um, We get more like the Gordon plotline coming in, but it's mostly just kind of like a good, like we get the Gordon plotline and we introduce Bella, who's an important character, but mostly it's just like a good, fun comedy episode (laughs) where Jared gets to be the clumsiest goof (laughs) on the planet. Poor Sam. He, like, knocks himself out with the curtain rod or whatever it is. I love when he's sitting across the room and the the, the AC starts smoking and he's like, I'm not even over there. (laughs) Like, he's he's Or Dean leaves in the hotel room. He's like, stay there. He's like, don't even even scratch your nose. And as soon as Dean closes the door, Sam scratches his nose. The comedy of this episode is genius, but I just love how, like, done with it Sam is by the end. Like, he's, like, tied up to a chair, and he's like, you know what? After the day I've had, this might as well happen. And I think there's, like, a comedy bit about that. Uh, maybe, is it? Might be. Might be Bo Burnham. I don't know. But the, uh, it's like, have you ever had a day where you, like, get to a certain point in the day and something's happening and you're like... I'm not surprised. This has been a terrible day, so this might as well happen. Like, <laughs> like that's Sam. Yeah. When he wakes up tied to the chair, he's like, well, <laughs> this tracks. <laughs> it's so good. I could talk about Bad Day of Black Rock for forever. I love this episode. This is a good rewatch one, too, I think. Yeah. Um, And then we get Sin City. <gasps> Sin City's good, too. This was written by Robert Singer and Jeremy Carver, directed by Charles Beeson. This is the one where the boys go to um, the town where the the demons have possessed the bartender and the priest. Vaguely remember this. 
Dean gets locked one. in Dean gets locked in the basement with the bartender de- demon, remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they have some incredible like yeah. banter chemistry. Like it's not like not like romantic sexual chemistry, though there, there is a little bit of that. There's like it's some just, mutual respect. It's just a really good just two really good actors just bouncing off of each other. Yeah. And nailing it every time. So good. Especially so good. It may be the first and only time we see like Dean actually sympathize with the demon. Yeah, it, this is. I think this is actually. Yeah, I think it's the only time really that we ever see him be like, "Hang on." Yeah. Maybe there's more to demons than I thought there was, you know. And then I think he kind of like shoves that down. He's like, "No, like Casey was just like a weird one off, <laughs> one off," you know, but. I think this is influences his opinion of Ruby at all. He's not better at this point, has he? No, he hasn't. Um, I don't know. I hadn't really considered that because Dean hates Ruby. (laughs) He does, yeah. (laughs) But I think I don't think he hates her entirely because she's a demon. I think he hates her because she is trying to trying influence to influence sam, sam. yeah and S- dean is like hell no we're not going down this path this hell is no. a demon <laughs> oh you're funny <laughs> <laughs> um like i think it's a little it's in part because she's a demon but i think it's also in large part because that's like his little brother and he's being the, he's being protective dean and trying to make sure that sam like isn't fucking up and i there's also the whole like dean talks about it this at the end of this episode with with bobby about how um azazel asked like brought up the 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 idea that maybe what dean brought back with his deal isn't all sam you know so i think dean has a lot of like he he's really worrying for sam in this season he's got a lot of like, because we had from last season, John being like, if you can't save him, you have to kill him. And Dean being like, well, then I'm going to save him. Like, because killing him isn't an option. Never was, never will be. Um, and now Azazel having planted this thought that, like, did Sam come back 100% right? And now here's Ruby trying to do something that Dean just flat out doesn't trust. Yeah. You know, um, like, I don't know if you guys can hear Chloe digging <laughs> on the couch. Chloe? She's probably trying to bury the hoof. What are you doing? Hi, I That's see you. That's why I had to confiscate a bone last night. I can see, all I see is her tail. Chloe, stop digging. Leave the poor couch alone. Hi, I see you. <laughs> you just see her, 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 her tail. tail. <laughs> She's really cute. Um... What was I saying? Oh, so I think it's a combination of... Chloe. <laughs> I think... Oh, she's flipping. Dean's dislike for Ruby is a combination of the... Like, a lot of things. can't save him, you have to kill him. Um, the... Is what you brought back all Sam. And then, like, the fact that she's a demon and clearly, in Dean's eyes, trying to... Like, she has an agenda. Dean doesn't believe that she's doing just this just out of the goodness of her little black heart like you know yeah um so yeah i think the reasons why dean hates ruby are complicated but also i think then in a sense they're 
very simple. It's like, <laughs> it's very Corda Houdini is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like Sin City. I think it's a good episode. Um, we meet another fun hunter, Richie, who of course dies because naturally. Um, but then like the real highlight of this episode is Casey and Dean's encounter in the basement. Um, but we also get, um, the, the scene at the end where Ruby shows up again and tells Dean or tells Sam like that he's going to have to like well she she tells him he did a good job killing the demons and he's like yeah but i killed two humans and she's like yeah there's gonna be casualties like you're gonna have to toughen up and i'll be right here like the little demon on your or the little fallen angel on your shoulder yeah i think is how she puts it so i think there's some like this is in general kind of a this is kind of an in-betweeny episode like plot wise it's kind of monster of the week but then the con- within the conversations we have there's a lot of like kind of deeper meta stuff like we learn about how Azazel wanted Sam to be like the general for his army and yeah you know it's a whole thing oh yeah bedtime stories yes this is an interesting one this was written by Catherine Humphreys directed by Mike Roll um this is the one where Jared gets to kill his fiance, so that's fun. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um the first crossword demon. Crossword that, demon. Isn't that where I, I, first I think this that. this might be crossword demon. <laughs> but yeah. Sandra McCoy was Jared's fiance for uh I don't know how long. I don't know how long they were together. I don't know if She's they were still together. Pretty. She is gorgeous. Yeah. Um but yeah this is this is one of those episodes where like get a little meta at the beginning, get a little meta at the end, just like bookending a straight up Monster of the Week episode. And I think this is an interesting concept. Yeah. Of like a kind ghost. Of the grim fairy tale uh-huh. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a very like very interesting concept. Um some gross stuff in this one too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grandma gets murdered. But she gets like beaten up. I think she dies. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Bless you, goodness. Um. And there's like an old woman that attacks a couple in the woods, and then mm-hmm. there's a the three. The three little pigs. pigs That's a wolf. great scene. That's a great scene. Or Sam has Dean throws Dean or Dean throws Sam into the bus as the like um sketch artist. Oh yeah. <laughs> like trust the little stick figure. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, but I do I do think this episode's interesting. I like the way that they do the ghost. I think it's yeah. great because she's like trapped. As her little girl little self. Girl, yeah. And then because of the way that she was injured with the, like, drinking the bleach, she can't speak. Yeah. I think that's very well done. So she's doing, like, her absolute best to try and communicate by the only thing that she really has, which is the stories that her father's reading to her, mm-hmm. which I think is just, I don't, I don't, it's, I don't think it's, like, my favorite episode. It's kind of a middle it's ground creative, episode. Though. But I like the concept, and I think they did a pretty good job with it. We haven't seen anything like it so far. 
So. Yeah, I think it's pretty. It's one of those ones that's pretty distinct. Hi, Chloe. Are you done burying your your hoof? Hi. <laughs> Hello. She's such a butt. You guys can probably hear her that entire time. She's such a little butt. And then she's going to get mad that she can't get it back out again. That's what happened last night. Yeah. Got fed up. She buried her bone behind my my stuffed animals and then was like, help. Then I rescued (laughs) it once and then she tried to bury him again and then in your (laughs) pillow. Then I'm like, never mind. We're going to take this away because I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think Bedtime Story is a pretty middle-of-the-road episode. has a good concept. It's pretty well done, but it's just a mm, average monster of the week. Monster of the week. We do learn Is this the that, first time we um, meet Crossroad Demons? No. Can't remember. <laughs> the first time we meet Crossroad Demon is Crossroad Blues. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Last season. But we do get, like, the... Um, the 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 idea that the dean's contract is being held by a demon way more powerful. Oh yeah. Than a crossroad demon. So this is our first hint at what's to come. High powered demon. Yeah, there's another big bat out there. Um. Oh, uh, next we have good. another Bella episode, Red Sky at Morning. This is very Monster of the Week. But in the best way. The whole party scene is so, so good. So good. <laughs> so good. Having oh them my kind God. of work together for a little bit is yeah. very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I love that she's like, she tries to just steal the hand and then realizes that, nope, she's going to die too. And has to give it back. This happened oh, yeah. twice. Both times Bella's appeared so far, <laughs> she, she accidentally falls under the curse of whatever <laughs> item she's trying she to sell. Up the- and He's Dean, like, Dean tosses the rabbit's like, foot oh, to her. Crap. <laughs> she has to burn it to break the spell. But yeah, this is a pretty like classic monster of the week. I do think the idea of like the haunted, um, like the glory hand or hand of glory hand. That sounds like something out of a porno. The hand of glory. The hand of glory. Um, like I think That's it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, the way that they like tied the ghost to that. I think they do like kind of a fun thing with getting rid of the ghost, where Sam like summons up the captain of the ship that the sailor is from, the guy's brother, and like the ghosts. Like it's kind of weird, but the way they like crash into each other. Um, but I do really love that graveyard scene in the rain. I think it's really, really gorgeous. Like, yeah. cinematography, special effects-wise, I think it's very well done. Um, and, of course, we get the ever-iconic party scene where Sam is getting molested by an old lady oh, yeah. while Bella's pretending to get laid and Dean is uh, doing whatever Dean's doing. I think he was trying I think to he steal was the stealing hand. the hand. Yeah. Um, and then the, the security guard guy is like, oh, this guy's wife is cheating on him. Because <laughs> like, he, oh, yeah, he, he, on on, he goes and checks on Bella and she's like acting like a like scandalous, like they've been like making out in there or something. Um, and then he encounters Dean on the way, like in the hallway. He's like, oh yeah, she's being well taken care of. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. This is a good episode, though. I think it's just good fun. Poor Sam, though. <laughs> yeah, poor Sam. Poor Sam. He gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. 
He really does. Sam gets hit on by the old older ladies like a lot. Cougars love Sam. Love Sam. He is. He is. Dean is the one that they like the college girls crush on, you know. <laughs> Sam is the one that the old ladies like. <laughs> it's oh my gosh, but yeah, I don't. Know. I think this episode is really good fun. This is a this is another fun like rewatch because it's not super connected to the other episodes. Um, like uh, always, there's like a little bit of meta stuff at the beginning or end of the Monster of the Week episodes. Of course, there is. That's just how they roll to like kind of tie them into the main plot. But this one is pretty well standalone. Like it it hangs out on its own pretty good. Yeah. So like this is a really fun one if you just want to pop on an episode of Supernatural. Red Sky Morning is always a good time. I mean, it's got Bella. Bella <laughs> is, with Bella is any episode with Bella great. is so good because it's Bella. I love her. I love her. <laughs> um, and then from there we go to Fresh Blood. Yeah. Ah! Written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Kim Manners. That is a dream team right there. Sarah is such an incredible writer. She is... Her storytelling abilities are just amazing. I love her stuff. Um, she brings a lot of nuance to things often that other writers will kind of, like, brush over. So, like, um, Simon says, that episode was written by... Um, oh, now I can't remember her name. The 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 writer that wrote Simon Says was she and Sarah Gamble wrote Faith together, mm. and Faith is such a good nuanced episode, and Simon Says has a lot of potential to be like an interesting nuanced episode, but it's missing that, and I and this is something that we will talk about. We're talking about, but like if Sarah had worked on that episode with her, it probably would have hit that nuance like perfectly it would have really gotten into those dark places and been like like really just dug into the emotions and the important or like um the nuance really like all the little nitty-gritty but without her like it's kind of surface levelly and it just is like creepy and ick (laughs) you know because sarah gamble is just so good you haven't drinking any of your cider. No, because it was really, really hot. <laughs> mm. It's so good. Is it just the instant stuff from the packet? Yes. Do I give a fuck? No. It's so good. But yeah, Fresh Blood is a very good episode. This one takes an unexpected turn. Yes. <laughs> Yes. We get more Gordon. Ah. We also get more of the Jesus guy. <laughs> Bella betrays the Winchesters and then saves the Winchesters. <laughs> like, we also get Bella in this episode, which is just fun. We get vampire Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something on the bottom of my mug. I think I just need to clean and I just need to wipe off my desk. Um, but yeah, 
Sterling just knocks this episode out of the park. Like, the way he goes off the deep end is so, so compelling. Like, you can really see Gordon's logic. Because the way that he's always viewed vampires especially is they are monsters a hundred percent no matter what there are no ifs ands or buts no exceptions a vampire is a monster end of story you know so then when he becomes a vampire he still can't see the nuance he still doesn't see (coughs) bless you you know he still can't see past vampire equals monster so he's like well i'm a vampire therefore I'm a monster. And the way he just accepts that, like, he knows he needs to die because he's a monster. Mm -hmm. But the way he's just like, okay, I'm a monster now. Like, (laughs) babe's having a sneezing fit. (laughs) My poor baby. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know either. We're almost halfway through. And have I'm really tired. I know. Um. But yeah, I don't. I just. I think it's just so so interesting. It's such an interesting insight into Gordon as an individual, like his belief system, um, and how that shapes how he views himself. You know, because like Sam, by comparison. Sam this whole season is like and since season two is like if I do good that makes me good like even if I'm supposed to be a monster or something like even if like Azazel wanted me to lead his demon army if I do good that makes me inherently good yeah whereas but Gordon is such an interesting like like it's more black and white thinking yeah well and it's like, because his way of thinking is, if you are something evil, even if you are doing good, you are still evil. Which is framing the way he looks at Sam. Because he views Sam, he's like, well, you, uh, you were like the demons, you know, like the demon wanted you, you were his number one choice, yada yada yada, so therefore there must be something evil about you, even though you seem like a good guy you are at your core evil and he's like like no matter he, what you do part of his ammo is the fact that they were at hell's gate or whatever he thinks they opened the gate yeah yeah um he even though bobby singer says they were there to close it like because <laughs> yeah. they were there to close it but but yeah so like you can see how gordon's view of himself you can see like the way that same black and white thinking is influence like influences his view of Sam. Mm-hmm. I just love Gordon. Gordon is so fascinating. He's such an interesting character. Ah, I love him. He's so good. And Sterling just is incredible. I I seriously cannot <laughs> like say enough how much I love Sterling K. Brown as Gordon. And just as an actor in general, he is just an absolutely phenomenal actor. I think he's award-winning. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, a lot of, not a lot, but like there's a decent amount of supernatural actors who've gone on to do big things and won awards and things like that. And it's just, 
Ah. Uh. <laughs> Watch him, watching them go. It's so, so fun. But yeah, I think this is a really fun episode because some fun vampire stuff. I love the way they humanize the vampire, even though he's doing horrible things. Like, at the last minute, you're like, wow, I actually, like, really kind of feel for this guy. Like, he was going about it the entire wrong way, getting a new family, you know? Mm, yeah. But I can very much understand why he was so desperate. Like, can you imagine being immortal, essentially, and being and facing that immortality alone? Especially after having a family. Like, yeah. having a family and said family being murdered. And now you are just supposed to live the rest of your life alone. Like, and the rest of your life is going to be a very, very long life. <laughs> like, yeah. I can completely see, like, why, like, what his thought process was. And why that vampire, like, went down the road he did. He, of course, he like went down he went about it a very wrong way should not have been doing it that way but like you can understand like the emotions behind it um and the actor does a really good job that like final scene where sam and dean encounter him after gordon has like escaped and he's killed the two girls and the guy's like i literally have nothing else like nothing to live for like my entire family is dead i want to make a new family but every time i do they end up dead too like there's literally no point and like it's honestly kind of devastating yeah. that actor does such a really good job but he's only in a couple of scenes but you by the end of it you're like wow like yeah you're a douchebag and a creep but also like like i get it you know yeah. like i get i get it <laughs> but i think this is a fun episode that's a good one and also sam kills gordon with barbed wire in his bare hands so that's fun <laughs> it shouldn't be hot it is <laughs> that's a summary of sam Ooh. and next halfway through with a very supernatural christmas which we covered on, on the fourth of, of july, july. <laughs> so that was fun <laughs> I like this episode. I actually this really is such like a fun episode. episode. We get some like backstory with the boys. We get um like bunch of like brother melodrama. Oh, this was written by Jeremy Carver, directed by J. Miller Tobin. I think that's how you say his last name. Um but we get some great comedy, the boys singing Silent Night. Always iconic. <laughs> Also, when they're tied up in the, like, the pagan god's <laughs> kitchen, and Dean, like, cusses at Madge, and she's like, you know what I say when I feel like swearing? Fudge. <laughs> and Dean's like, if you fudge and touch me, I'll fudge and kill you. And she's like, doesn't that feel better? <laughs> it's just these, like, ancient pagan I gods being disguised tree. as... <laughs> Like sweet old people. Is I love it. It's like classic suburban. <laughs> like they honestly feel like something out of like a like a sitcom. Like yeah. one of the shows that the One Division episodes were based on. You know, like a classic suburban family. Yeah. Kind of vibes. Like. <laughs> oh my god. We also get the backstory for the amulet, which is fun. Yeah. Um, we gotta see. 
Baby Sammy Sam and and Baby Dean. This (laughs) is our first instance of Colin Ford as Baby Sam, I think. Which is always... I love Colin. He is my favorite young Sam. All of the actors who've played young Sam are very good. Colin is my favorite. (laughs) They brought him in to play young Cordell on Walker. Oh yeah, you told me. It's just... just (laughs) That's cool. Brilliant. Perfection. Love it. I mean, he already looks like a younger Mm -hmm. Jared, so it works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There, um... There's lots of supernatural actors that are making little appearances. Like, Jake Abel made an appearance on Walker. Um... Colin Ford. Genevieve, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's some speculation that Elena Huffman may make an appearance on Walker because she was on set apparently. Who's that? Um, shadowing. We haven't met her character yet. You won't meet her character until season eight. Who's her character? Is that spoilers? That's a spoiler. Okay. But you'll like her. She's one of Supernatural's many badass redheads. Okay. Supernatural likes their badass redheads, which as a redhead myself, I can appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah. I like Very Supernatural Christmas. We don't delve too much meta plot, though we do get... It gets very sweet. Dean wants a Christmas because it's his last Christmas, so he's like, well, I'm going to make the most of this year. And Sam doesn't want a Christmas because it's Dean's last Christmas, and he right. doesn't want to celebrate Christmas knowing that next Christmas Dean's not going to be there. Yeah. Except Dean gets back before next Christmas, so... <laughs> Sam doesn't know that yet. <laughs> But, like, their their logics both make sense. And then, so when Sam, like, caves and does Christmas for Dean, it's, really it's cute. just... And they give each other their little gifts in a <laughs> um, paper bag. <laughs> the, the eggnog. But the fact that, like, even though he knows that when next Christmas rolls around without Dean, it's going to be like the worst he still wants to give dean like a good last christmas even though it's gonna hurt him in the future like it's just so sweet (laughs) i love that (laughs) i love that sam gets dean like a power bar and some like oil or something and dean's like feel for me feel for my baby (laughs) dean gives sam shaving cream and porn magazines the porn magazine specifically is not a normal brother gift but what do i know i'm not a brother (laughs) also i grew up in a mormon household so um from there we go to (laughs) the gross one we go to ick (laughs) (laughs) malleus malficarum this was written by ben edland directed by robert singer i remember uh i don't remember the details of it but i remember doing the research on the latin of this and stuff was yeah interesting. that was very interesting i don't remember what it means again but <laughs> um no i can't remember either um it might seem like the trivia oh it's translated as hammer of witches oh yeah the title of 15th century treaties on witches and used to support and argue the nature of witchcraft proclaim that women were more susceptible to the influence of evil and therefore more likely to become witches due to their weak moral character and insatiable sexual desire <laughs> 
Okay. Um, the treaties proved popular and became the de facto handbook for the persecution oh, and yeah, murder right. of women okay. accused of witchcraft across Europe in the 15th and 16th centuries, despite the fact that the work was not officially sanctioned by the Catholic Church. The Church, in fact, refused to support it and said it was inaccurate. Maybe because it is. <laughs> Massively. Um, but, yeah, this is the ick episode. <laughs> We get maggots. We get... Oh, yeah, the maggot burger. The tooth thing. The tooth thing. Um, The the lady at the beginning, who, like, all of her teeth started falling out. Yeah. 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 We get the the maggot, like, chicken dinner, and then we also get the maggot burger. Burner? Listen, it's late. I'm tired. Um, Which is disgusting. We get... Get Ruby saving the day. <laughs> Ruby saving the day. We get Dean vomiting blood. Is this the first time we see the uh, knife? Her knife? No, we met, we encounter her knife in um, Magnificent Seven. Oh, she okay. uses it to kill Pride, I think. She actually kills a couple demons with it. She like rushes in, saves Sam, then is like bye and disappears. <laughs> and Sam's like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> the best part is they're on the top floor. So if she had like obviously she teleported out and we know that, but he didn't know she was a demon yet. So he's like <laughs> this random she lady. Just walked up the stairs, <laughs> saved my ass, and Ram- walked out and Dean and Bobby didn't see her. <laughs> like what? Obviously we know she teleported. Yeah. But because she can do that. But we also oh we get some Ruby backstory in this episode, which is real fun. Yeah. We learned that when she was human, she, she was a, a witch. witch. Yeah. Like that I think is super fascinating. Um it's a very interesting aspect of Ruby's character that she like Remind me just do hex bags and stuff. Does she owe her soul to Lilith because she was a witch or is it a different entity? No, it was this demon. The demon in this oh, episode. This yeah, that's yeah, right. is okay. the one that Ruby sold her soul to for then magic. She, then she stabs her. And then she kills her. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, actually, Dean kills her. <laughs> Ruby distracts her. Um, Ruby and Elizabeth. Elizabeth specifically distracts her. Oh, yeah. Then the demon kills Elizabeth. But then, then Dean kills the demon. Okay. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a Dean kill with a... a assist. An assist. <laughs> Yeah, I literally have a spreadsheet of that, um, but I need to update it. I think it's only through like the end of season two. So, and this is a, where you have a spreadsheet of assisted kills of kills and assists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, let's see spreadsheets, stuff to track. Let's see. Um, villain kills. Oh. Sam's kills, Dean assists, Dean's kills, Sam's assists, both, and then other, which is like Bobby or something else um, solved the issue. <laughs> Bless you. So like, um, dead in the water, I think. No? Yes, dead in the water. Neither boy, neither of the brothers killed the ghost. The ghost yeah. is just satisfied, you know. So, but yeah, I do have a spreadsheet. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet for everything. But getting back to the plot or to the the episode, um, this is the one 
where Ruby admits to Dean that she can't save him from hell. Which oh, yeah. is, I was just realized her very specific wording. When she talks to Sam, but she says she, she can, can't. She can help him yeah. save Dean from hell. And then when she talks to Dean, she says that she can't save him from hell. Like, She's very sneaky. Yes, very <laughs> sneaky. Um, and she reveals that all demons were human once. Um, and then she says this is where she insists that she has memories of what it was like to be human. Yeah. Which, so this is like our first real solid Dean Ruby interaction. They get they meet a couple times over this episode, but this is their first time like having a real conversation. Because the first time he wants to shoot her, the second time she's pouring like probably food dyed water <laughs> but some potion down his throat to save him because he's been cursed and this is the third time they like talk they, they encounter each other in this episode or no fourth because he's wait what kills episode was that one where she was saving them again that's this one it was this, this one? is all in this oh, episode right, right, this okay. is the first time he meets her uh yeah okay. he's heard of her sam's so talked to him about her but he hasn't met her did you toot, or is that the dog? It's not me. Jesus Christ, Chloe. <laughs> oh my God. It's carried, apparently. <laughs> I can't smell anything. <laughs> I'll take her down with me when I go to get your Benadryl <laughs> later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the first time Dean meets... This episode's the first time he meets Ruby. And he, like, wants to shoot her when they encounter her on the road. Um, then she saves him from the, the curse... Then they kind of work together a little bit to kill the demon. And now they're actually having like a face-to-face conversation where she's presumably being honest with him. Yeah. So, which I think is very interesting, like... The progression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he goes, right, he, he doesn't stop hating her. <laughs> which is fair. <laughs> but, yeah. And then, from there, we oh, go yeah. to Dream a Little Dream of Me. Catherine Humphreys, that's her name. She's the one who wrote Faith with Sarah Gamble. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble and Catherine Humphreys, directed by Steve Boyum, I think. And this is the one with <laughs> um, knockoff <laughs> Viggo Mortensen. Though my friend said, if you go, like, nose up, he looks like um, Elijah Wood. And if you go, already like, had nose Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, and if you go like nose down, like his jawline is very Vigo Mortensen, so he's kind of like a blend. But obviously, we couldn't do another like Elijah Wood's evil twin. Like we already had one. Can't have two. I That's forgot. a triplet. Who's <laughs> knockoff Vigo Mortensen again in this episode? He's the villain. Who's the villain? He's the kid. This is the one where <laughs> um, all the monster of the week ones blend together. <laughs> This is one of the dream route where... Yeah, um, I know that part. Bobby is trapped in his dream. The boys get dream route from Bella. They, um... What did they do that to Bobby again? I can't remember. What? The bad guy. Because Bobby was on to him. What, what kind of creature is he, though? I don't remember. He's a human. He's just a human? Yeah. With a shitty past. Who got a hold of this dream shit. Because he can't dream anymore because of a head injury. Uh, but then he killed the the professor that he was getting it from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. Like, cut him off, and he yeah. got mad about it, so he killed the dude. And then Bobby comes in, and Bobby's on to him, and so he 
traps Bobby in his dream. This is also the episode where we get um, Sam having a sex dream about Bella, so that's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. We get Demon Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, Dean drinks a beer at the kid's part at the kid's dorm room or whatever and yeah. so he has Dean's DNA so he can control the Dean's dreams <laughs> Dean, Dean, like Dean, poor Dean it's been like he's up for like 48 hours and he is so grumpy oh, yeah. <laughs> it's honestly the best but yeah this is the one oh I really love I think this is the one where um, dreams of Lisa I remember this the raining upside down one yeah yes i love the way they do that where they um they don't think they fell asleep yeah yeah like i love the i love how they just bring us right into the dream with the boys we don't see them fall asleep we just are with them and then they're like did it work i don't know when did it start raining i don't know when did it start raining upside down (laughs) very well done um i think this is a pretty good like monster of the week episode yeah, that's a good one. I think it's pretty good. We get Plus some. Plus, it's nice to have Bobby. Always nice to have Bobby around. We love Bobby. Um, we get some fun like insight into kind of Dean's headspace a little bit and how he's actually like really scared of becoming a demon. We get a bit of Bobby's we past. We get too. a little Bobby's past that his wife was like possessed. Yeah, he um, didn't know how and to. He didn't know how to save her, so yeah. he just stabbed her, which meant that when she got unpossessed, uh, she died. Which is had to have been absolutely traumatizing. Um, we get oh, and then Bella steals the colt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bobby's like, you boys better check your pockets, and they immediately like pat their pockets, and he's like, not literally. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, this episode in general, pretty like standalone monster of the week episode, but then we dig into like Dean's mentality. Um about like the demon demon dean says that you know dean is a good soldier um and dean says that john was an obsessed bastard he couldn't protect his family he wasn't he couldn't save his wife he wasn't there for sam um and dean's like i don't deserve what dad put on me i don't deserve to go to hell you know like dean really kind of like He's admitting some deep stuff to himself in this episode. He's getting some therapy in a way. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. But he's like finally admitting to himself, at least, yeah. just how scared he is. And also how kind of fucked up his childhood was. Even though he still like idolizes John and really looks up to his dad and stuff. And his dad was a really important figure in his life. He's admitting that like John wasn't the best father in a lot of ways um so he's kind of admitting that to himself but then he's also admitting that he is genuinely really freaked out and he doesn't want to go to hell like (laughs) meanwhile sam saves the day in this one sam takes over the dream um because he took the dream route too and he makes the the bad guy jeremy's father appear um which gives chance sam the chance to hit Jeremy on the head with the baseball bat. So, Sam does an unassisted kill in this episode. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then Bella steals the colt. Because <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> um, and then we get Mystery Spot. I love Mystery Spot. It's so good. It's so good. This was written by Jeremy Carver. A story by Jeremy Carver and Emily McLaughlin. Um, directed by Kim Manners. Uh, and uh, this episode is iconic. Eat up a moment. <laughs> Don't make me laugh when I'm drinking. <laughs> mm. But yeah, this is a classic. Get the trickster pulling tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really trying a... to teach Sam something for some reason. Yeah, this I is the know. this is the one that you where you were like, why does the trickster care? Yeah. I can't wait. They met him one time. Why does he yeah. care? I cannot wait. But you have to wait till like mid season five. Oh, yeah. Might be early season five. So if we get into a weekly schedule again, it'll could be faster than if yeah. we keep up this bi-weekly um but yeah mystery spot is a classic one i think it's got the perfect blend of comedy and angst because we have say. yeah dean dying in the most hilarious ways <laughs> and then sam having Getting a psychotic break <laughs> basically <laughs> uh by the end of it yeah like just going off the rails. Yeah. Um, we see a very interesting side of Sam in this episode. Like, they say, I love, I love the trickster, trickster's, nah. I love um, the trickster's quote where he says, um, um, I don't know if I can find it. I'd have to look in the transcripts. Let me see. Um, four. He says, um, uh, let me tell you, whoever said Dean was the dysfunctional one has never seen you with a sharp object in your hands. (laughs) Only full metal jacket. I don't, I'm surprised I don't have that. Oh, no, it's right here. Um, it is right here. I just totally missed it. But, like, that is honestly like a pretty good, like, exactly how I feel. Like, whoever says Dean's the one that's like fucked up and scary hasn't really paid attention to Sam. <laughs> I think people tend to underestimate Sam. Like, he comes across, he's the sweet one, he's the book one, he's the nerd, he's big and gentle, and you know, like, he. He, like, gets on the level with the victims and the witnesses, and he does the puppy dog eyes, and talks all soft so people will open up to him, and, you know, like, Dean gives him shit and he, for knowing things. <laughs> he's, he's this sweet little baby brother, and then you do something to piss him off. <laughs> do you, Sam has a scary side, like, that doesn't always come out. Like, it comes out under very specific circumstances. And this episode is the perfect circumstances. Yeah. For, to see the kind of, the darker side of Sam. That you're like, ah, yes. He also had a fucked up childhood. <laughs> In different ways than Dean. Um, but still fucked up. 
Huh, so. I didn't know it was a possible series finale, this show. I mean, this episode. Was it? Oh, yeah, Jared said that he he cited this episode as a possible series finale. It was shot after Justin Bellow and was the last to shoot before the writer's strike. Yeah, they tend Lots to... Sh- of ways we know Dan. D- Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dean dies on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Um, but yeah, uh, in general, this is one of my favorite episodes. This yeah. is such a good one. This Jared does in an incredible job. Like, Jensen, I think, got to have some fun, like, dying in goofy ways, you know? Meanwhile, Jared had to, like, really dig into some emotions. He talked about, <laughs> I think I mentioned this when we covered it, how he talked about how this episode was actually, like, really difficult for him. Oh, yeah. Because of... Also, <laughs> that, that one where he has... He's like perfectly in sync with Dean. Mm. <laughs> you think you're being funny, but you're being really, really yeah. childish. <laughs> Sam Winchester wears makeup. Sam Winchester cries his way through sex. <laughs> Sam Winchester keeps a ruler by the bed, and every morning when he wakes up, okay, enough. <laughs> I think it was Jensen who kept changing the line just a little bit just to fuck with Jared. Like, <laughs> we also get. I love one of my favorite kind of little details is that progressively through like the first few diner scenes, the the color like the saturation of Mm -hmm. the picture goes down. Genius, absolutely brilliant. Such a good episode. This is just a really good episode, and you know it's also a good episode is Justin Bello, yeah, or Justin Bello. I feel like we talked about how to pronounce this and then we just said fuck it and have been mispronouncing it ever since. Written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Phil Segrisha. Kim Menders is my favorite, but Phil Segrisha is a really good director. He does a really great job. We get Henriksen, we get Ruby, we get Sam being a smarty pants, we get Lilith. Yeah, her first. And everybody of dies. <laughs> Oh, this is just such a good episode. The the whole, like, defending the police station yeah. is all genius. I love it. <laughs> Wait, what did you just call it? What? The police station? Is that what yeah. you said? Okay, it sounded like the PlayStation, and I was confused. Well, the police station. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sheriff's office, whatever. I think it's a police station. It says sheriff's office. Is it a sheriff? <laughs> Those are two different things, so. It says. Yeah, it's the county sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've learned recently that those are two different things. Doctor Who doesn't know that. <laughs> Doctor Who had the Italian flag on. <laughs> <laughs> on a New Mexico police station that's also somehow a sheriff's office. <laughs> so UK just know that New Mexico and Mexico, different things. <laughs> And also, Italian flag, completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then, I saw this great, we found this great, like, it was a couple, like, two-part TikTok series. It was about, like, when British TV shows film in America, and it was the New Mexico episode of Doctor Who, and, like, the police- I think it's from the newer season, so I haven't seen it, but- It might have been, yeah. But, like, one of the characters, like- 
there's like um a like jazz night or something and they have the date written the british way yeah not the american way which is like a dead giveaway that someone from great britain designed (laughs) that poster um also it's like the weirdest poster (laughs) it's like jazz and poker or something i don't remember i remember it being like (laughs) something like i'm like okay (laughs) um and then there's like a police car that's like weirdly labeled like it says police in little capital letters near the bottom of the door it's not like big letters down the side like you usually see but then she goes into a sheriff's office that has the the italian flag (laughs) i mean the italian and and the mexican flag are similar colors yeah that's true they do have similar colors but the mexican flag has they were confused symbol in the middle also, not Mexico. New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, and also we're not even in Mexico. <laughs> um, or Italy. <laughs> and then she, like, encounters a, a policewoman who's somehow also a sheriff. <laughs> sheriff policewoman. <laughs> Those are two different things, which I kind, I think I kind of vaguely knew. But I think I, get con- I would get confused because you have, like, the police and then there's, like, the sheriff. And I always, I don't know. Like, the sheriff has always been framed as, like, the head of the police. So I was like, okay. But now I know they're two different offices. But I still don't yeah. fully understand. I don't know how it all works. How it all works. I don't know the hierarchy. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know there's city, county, state, federal. Like. Sheriff, is that county? I think it it's county. county. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, two different things. <laughs> Whereas police are more city. Police are, yeah, police are like a local level. There's also federal police, but that's a different thing, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, each state has their own investigative bureau. So there's, like, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, the North Dakota Bureau of Investigations, those sorts of things. Um, and then... I think most states have their own highway patrol as well, which is like which a is whole nother thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get onto the federal level, and you have the marshals, and you have FBI, the FBI. <laughs> they're a CIA. whole thing. That's a whole nother ballpark. <laughs> yeah, they're like in their own box, I think. But yeah. So all this to say, this shit's confusing. And I don't even understand it all the way. <laughs> we're American, and we don't know how it works. But Justin, Justin Bellow takes place in a county sheriff's office, according to the Super Wiki. And so it's much smaller a very, level. Very good level. Yeah, it's like a small county. Um, they don't really seem to deal with a whole lot. <laughs> They've got like a few jail cells. Yeah. Like holding they have cells. One. It's not a few, they have one. Is it only one? They have one holding cell because Henriksen lets oh, out the put, drunk guy. Remember? Oh, yeah. They put both of them in they the same They put Sam one. and Dean in the same cell. Henriksen lets the drunk guy go free. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I like this episode. This is a good episode. It's got some fun comedy. It's got some angst. It's got the boys being badass. It's got a demon that looks like she may be played by Shoshana Stern. Still have no... Still have not received confirmation as to whether or not it's actually Shoshana Stern. I didn't tweet her, so that's part of it. We get Hendrickson finally coming 
around to the demons that they're yeah actually not the bad guys (laughs) i love that um i think it's very interesting i don't know if i really talked about this in the episode but like after they exercise henriksen he's like like that was a demon and sam's like yeah that's what it feels like and like that moment or sam you're like you can kind of see henriksen being like how do you know what it feels like (laughs) Sam's and then Sam also, that, they show the, them their tattoos, um, and Hendrickson says, how long have you had those? And Sam says, not long enough. Um, yeah. Which is another, like, it's a very interesting little insight into Sam's tr- little bit of trauma he has around being possessed. Yeah. Sam has a lot of issues with consent and his consent being violated. Yeah. Especially by demons. Which, I mean, they are demons. Like, the consent isn't really their thing. Um, but regardless, like, Sam has already had so many moments in his life where someone or something has, like, violated his bodily autonomy. That's and it's the a very. Whole shtick. Yeah. They just possess people without asking. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. But, like,. <laughs> Azazel feeding him demon blood as a baby. Yeah. Um, like, there's gonna be more. Like, there's all the different times that he's like, gets manhandled or groped or like, even like in, like, we kind of joked about it, but in um, Red Make. Sky at Morning with the the old lady. Oh, yeah. Who like, has a thing for Sam. She's like, grabbing his ass and stuff while they're dancing. Like, and it's played, it's played as a joke, but like, it's actually kind of really not that funny. Not kind of. It isn't funny, like, in real life, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> like, something to laugh about. Um, but, yeah, there's Meg. I have, literally have a spreadsheet of this shit. Like, it happens so often. How often? Like, you can tell that Sam is, like, he has some trauma. And it's only going to get worse. So... Spoiler. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Sam's bodily autonomy on this show. Except Sam. It's so, so fun. This would have honestly made a really good season finale. Justin Bellow. I think Justin Bellow would have made a perfect season finale if they'd had to end it here. If mm-hmm. If they had to... If they weren't able to come back from the writer's strike and they had to end the season yeah with what they had justin bellow would have been a fantastic season finale um and then they could have spent season four getting deeper into the save dean plot and maybe potentially have followed the original storyline they meant yeah to go with with sam saving dean like but yeah this would have been a really good season finale I mean, the one we got was good too but yes i really do like um no rest for the wicked but if we couldn't have had no rest for the wicked because of the writer's strike if we'd had to end it here with the last episode in the line that they'd recorded or that they'd filmed this would have been a very good season ender yeah so that's just that season ender that's a weird season ender (laughs) ending (laughs) um we get introduced to lilith like it ends on a very like tense note yeah so good the way 
Ruby just barges in and tells them off and leaves. <laughs> she's like, y'all are a bunch of fucking idiots. Bye. <laughs> she's, she's like, to the demons, like, let me through. And they're like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when she leaves the sheriff's office. Yeah. So good. Um, this season is full of like we kind of start off a little bit rough yeah we have there are some okay ones and some there's some there's a doc some really good ones at the beginning of the season there's some kind of middle ground ones and then a couple like but like with um magnificent seven we kind of get off to a rocky start yeah but then by the end of the season like they've He's really like hit, hit their stride hit. It's, like... it's just so good and ghost facers is one of my favorites I of this, this season. One. I love the way they film this episode. This was written by Ben Edlund, directed by Phil Segresha. This is one of the ones where they play around with the production of it, with how it's being filmed. That we get to see, like, uh, Sam and Dean from an outside yeah. perspective again. Yeah, you know? love an outside perspective. With the kind of, like, shaky cam throughout the, the whole. camera, <laughs> Yeah. Very so kind good. of found footagey. I love like the whole like paranormal investigating like TV show shtick of it too because I love watching the ghost hunting shows. It's, it's so like a good. callback to that. So good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. <coughs> um, but yeah, I really like that they get to play around with how this show, with the how this specific episode is done. As one of the really fun things about Supernatural is because it's a little out of the box, they can have a time loop episode. They can have a handheld shaky cam ghost hunter reality show episode. You know? You know, they can in like six, seven seasons, is it eight seasons? Eight seasons. They can have an episode filmed entirely within the car. Like... They can do these things because it's just kind of the nature of the show that they can have this kind of fun. There's a really good episode in season six that I can't wait to get to. Very meta. Very meta. <laughs> Not like meta plot, like the big art overarching plot, like meta, like, haha, pointing fingers at the art ourselves. Meta. Oh, is that the one where they meet the actors that play them? Or They don't meet them, but... They, they get transported to a universe where they're actors Jared and Jensen oh, playing yeah. Sam and Dean. Yeah. So <laughs> good. Funny. But, like, like, what other show can do these kinds of things? And this is one of their, like, earlier... This and, like, Mystery Spot or some of their earlier, like, what... Let's step outside the box a little. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of fun. And it works. It's so good. And I, the cast really nails it with this one poor corbett poor corbett <laughs> but like like if we if the guys who played harry and ed weren't so good you oh, know yeah they ham like, it up every second they're so fun and then like <laughs> spruce and maggie are fun spruce is especially fun <laughs> he's the camera guy right yeah he's yeah. the camera guy um, and then you get Corbett, who is just a little darling. Like, you get, like, a good, fun cast of side characters. And then you're seeing Sam and Dean from their perspective. And you're like, wow, these guys are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> and how Sam and Dean are just so done with them. <laughs> so done. So done. I love when they get locked in and Sam's like, do 
the Morton House, you said. It's our Grand Canyon, you said. He's like breaking a chair against the door. It's so good. I love it. And we also, the boys get to swear, which is always fun. This is the only episode. Spruce is 15, 16th Jewish and 1 16th Cherokee. Yes, making him a shamanologist. But yeah. This is just, this is another one that I, is just real fun to just sit down and watch. Oh yeah. I, I honestly should make a list of like, these are the episodes that if you just want to watch an episode of Supernatural, you it's don't like, really want to have to like binge a bunch to get plot or whatever. You just want to sit down and have some fun. It's like blink this is to Doctor one. Who. It's like just one of those sit mm-hmm. down. You don't need a bunch of background or context. You can yeah. just enjoy this type yeah. of episode. It's so just good. good. Just good. And poor Corbett. <laughs> oh, that was cold chocolate. Everyone minus Corbett. <laughs> if oh. you need to put it in the microwave, you can do that. That's okay. <laughs> I drank most of it. Yeah. I want more marshmallows. Um, <laughs> we get the gay love pierce the veil of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were here. Here we were thinking that you know we were teaching you, and all this time you were teaching us about heart, about dedication, and about how gay love can pierce through the veil of death and save the day. <laughs> Thank you, Alan J. Corbett. <laughs> I was on the Ed. You gotta go be gay for that poor dead intern. You gotta send him into the light. <laughs> this, this episode has some great lines. The dean's like, "There's some salt in my duffel bag. Make a circle and get inside." Inside? That's stupid. Inside your duffel bag? In the salt, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> this is just... It's just a really good episode. I'm not gonna whine about my post. bullshit problems with some bullshit reality show. I'm gonna do my fucking job. <laughs> it's just so many so many good lines. I do love... I love the picture they have on the wiki of them, like, the all dramatic around their van. Like, did you say we see them again? Um, we season? see Ed and Harry. Okay. Yeah, we get to see them again. I think they make at least they make one more appearance. So, they're the longest nice. surviving supernatural <laughs> characters. <laughs> so, and then from there we go to long distance call, which is okay. I think we kind of dip a little bit here. It's not a bad episode. It's not. It's actually pretty decent episode this definitely after, a um after, stretch like, with the monster <laughs> yeah it definitely is but like like you're like right in a high you know like we got mystery spot we got justin bellow we got ghost facers and then we get long distance call and it's it's kind <laughs> of kind a of little mm, bit of a dip you know then we go right back up mid, again with um time is on my side episode. like but so this was written by jeremy carver directed by robert singer and this is the one with the Krakata, which just sounds like a bread. <laughs> or a crocus. <laughs> Babe was mixing it up with the flour that she thought was fake. <laughs> I thought they were to Stardew Valley flour. It was a Stardew Valley flour. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been introduced to a crocus outside I that game. it's so cute. <laughs> I think that's just adorable. <laughs> I didn't know it was a real flower. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this one, they definitely do. A, they definitely reach in with the monster in this one. 
Yeah. Um, but outside of that, like, the concept is interesting. Like, people getting phone calls from their dead loved ones. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a very interesting concept. I love kind of what it's they do with spooky. Dean. How Dean, like, is so desperate for something that he falls right into the monster's trap. Yeah. And Sam is, like, just trying to do his job, really. <laughs> um, he just... He's like, something's going on, and now Dean is being affected by the something going on. Like, yeah. we need to figure this shit out. Like, Sam is like, nope, gotta save the day. Um, this is one of my least favorite monster deaths, or least favorite deaths in the show ever. Because it's just like the one in Bad Day of Black Rock, where the guy gets uh, yeah. stabbed in the back of the head. It's this exact same thing. I hate it. I hate it so much stop killing people that way it's disgusting (laughs) it's effective i get it i hate it the phone company guy (laughs) yeah oh this is also the one where sam gets tied to a chair and it's very sexy of him they do the whole like it's very sometimes not sometimes surprisingly often when (laughs) bless you (laughs) bless you (laughs) I lost some brain cells. <laughs> it's if you suppress the sneeze that you lose brain cells, baby. I lost them anyway. <laughs> they went out my nose. <laughs> went out my nose. <laughs> also, it's 3 a.m. It is. I just inhaled a hair. <laughs> don't know where that came from probably mine probably um what was i saying oh very surprisingly often when sam gets like tied up by the villains he gets treated similar to the way a female character would be treated like which is interesting the thing that comes to mind is like the scene from the beginning of avengers when black widow is tied up yeah and the fill the bad guy the like russian dudes are like all sexualizing her you know they're like the, like it's a thing with like the female characters like tied up and they're like touching her face like brushing her hair back and like it's a whole thing and they do that to Sam. <laughs> it's a little odd actually. It's to think about it. <laughs> this is why people say that Sam is femme coded. Like some people say he's mommy coded, which is fun. Um, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Whole thing. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> I'm in a weird side of the fandom sometimes, but like Dean gets it sometimes too. Um, but, like, it also makes me think of, like, in, um, Shadow, when you were talking, mentioned it earlier, when Meg has Sam and Dean tied up, and she's, like, in his lap, like, it's a very distinct vibe where she is, like, the dominant masculine energy kind of in that moment, and it, like, Sam is the girl. (laughs) It's so weird, and he kind of plays this role because he's, like, the soft emotional one. Yeah. I think that's part of it, is that they, Sam they is... They need these tropes and they have to put on someone, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't think they need them, but I do think that's Apparently think they do. When we talked about it, too, in our... I just like did a quick skim of the season two wrap-up notes to kind of try and figure out, like, kind of how did we do this last time. Um, and I think we talked about how Sam's powers aligned with the, the female special children more than the male special children like all of the men 
like their powers were something that they did to other people so like the one guy had like the electricity thing um and then like andy could control people's minds and um same with um Elijah Wood's evil twin. Can't remember his name. He could also do it, you know? Yeah. Like, Jake was, like, big and, like, had the super strength. And, um, but meanwhile, like, Ava's got visions. Lily had, like, the death touch, which isn't something that she actively wants to be doing, you know? Like, it's something out of her control. Yeah. Um, and Sam also has, like, like his powers... Uh, were very passive. They were something happening to him, not something he could do to someone else. You know? Yeah. Which grouped him with the women and not the men. This is interesting. Which is so interesting. But yeah, Sam is very femme-coded in many ways. He's also very queer-coded, but that's that's a conversation for another time. Um, but long-distance call. Kind of middle-of-the-road episode. And yeah. mostly, I think, because they stretched the monster so big. It's not so super big. memorable. Yeah, it's not super memorable. And because they stretched the monster so much, it kind of is like, okay. And, like, if you don't really know what a Krakata is... Which I think most people don't. You won't don't. <laughs> really get... But, like, after doing some digging, we were like... This isn't hardly the same thing This anymore. doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Like, I don't know where they were getting their their lore from, but... Not Wikipedia. see they even mentioned in the or something that it was a stretch for yeah <laughs> yeah so like they kind of knew that they were pushing it so but i think it's a pretty but it is definitely like it's not a bad episode but it's definitely a dip yeah after like you know mystery spot justin bellow ghost facers yeah and you kind of like you're like right in this high of good episodes and then you just drop down yeah. but then you go right back up again i think because i love time is on my side it's not I think my favorite, is, but... <laughs> it's because it's icky. It's icky. <laughs> I think it's fun. <laughs> Written by it's Sarah Gamble. Directed by Charles Beeson. Um, of course, it's a Sarah Gamble episode. I love her episodes. I love her. But I really like the concept um, of Sam being so desperate that he was like... That he's, he's like, ready yeah, to go with the plan. Yeah. We will turn ourselves into Frankenstein's monsters to live forever so that Dean doesn't have to die for his deal. Like, that is how desperate Sam is. And I yeah. think that is absolutely fascinating. Um, such an interesting, like, point for the boys to be at. But yeah, this episode is also really gross. This is, we get maggots in this episode. It's true. More maggots. Some guy spills his guts all over the ER floor. I think Aramis was like, we get he's screaming, out. she's screaming, you're screaming, we're all screaming. <laughs> like everyone screamed for guts on the floor, is I think what Aramis said, which <laughs> racked me up. Um, yeah. Some guy gets his heart ripped out while he's still alive and it's still beating. Ugh, yeah. That scene is disturbing on so many levels. I had, I had but to look also, away. I'm like, I can't. It's also very effective. The way they do the sound. Yeah. Love that. Ugh. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the sound team had a lot of fun with um, this episode. They did. <laughs> they did. But we also get Rufus. And I love Rufus. Oh, yeah. Rufus is so good. Um, and we get Bella. This is Bella's yeah. last episode. So you don't like the ick part, but 
We get Rufus. We meet Rufus for the first time. We get the whole, did you do her ear joke? Which is a whole, Dean's like, I'm down to try anything <laughs> once, but that sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but we learn about Bella's deal. Like, which is just... Oh, that whole final yeah. with Bella. We talked about how she this. like kind of keeps it from the gut boys about mm-hmm. her tragic backstory. The, the truth of it all, yeah. Even right up until the end, she doesn't tell them the truth. Yeah, you know, which is just like heartbreaking. And Lauren is incredible. To see a completely different side to the character. Yeah, I the way that she takes. Bella Bella is like Dean in this way. She has Very this bravado. Yeah. She puts on this this personality, these big these walls. She's protecting herself. And in that final scene, we just watch every single one of those walls crumble. And it is so beautifully done. It's very well written and then Lauren just takes it to the next level. I Serious, I think I just gushed about this scene for like ten minutes when we watched the, when we covered this episode, but it is so good that final scene with oh, Bella. Yeah. It's just absolutely She's like, devastating. I'll see you in hell, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because you're right Dean behind says me. That. Yeah, Dean says that he'll see her in hell. Um, and like the fact that she's like, he's like, if you had come and asked, if you had just been honest with us we would have helped you. It's not just a, like, we don't want to help you now because you've been a a nightmare and a massive pain in the ass and, you know, stolen from us. But it's also, you straight up didn't ask and now it's too late. Yeah. You know? Like, there's nothing we can do. And it's just... Oh. The scene is so good. You get... It's really just Lauren. Like, she's just amazing. Oh, yeah. So amazing. But yeah, I like this episode a lot. Babe likes parts of this episode. <laughs> not the ick. Not the ick. Ick take two. <laughs> I'm not an ick fan. Yeah, I don't like the maggots. I could do without the maggots. I don't like gore. I don't the like The maggots make sense. But <laughs> I don't like but bodily I don't. fluids. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there we go to No Rest for the Wicked. A.K.A. Baby Angel Tears. Sad. Okay, <laughs> sad. Written by Eric Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. Perfectly crafted to rip your heart out. <laughs> this is just a really good season finale. I, I remember the first time watching it, I'm like, oh, he actually died. <laughs> I'm like, they didn't save him. This is surprising. <laughs> I think I remember that. You were like, hang like, on. Did he actually die? Did he just? Did he? Did they just kill Dean? <laughs> the same thing that they did at the end of season two with Sam. Yeah, true. And then you're like, well, or season, the yeah, problem season two. with coming into the show this late in the game, specifically after it's already ended, is that you know it's not going to last. There's twelve more seasons, <laughs> which is exactly so, why I was confused. <laughs> the first time I'm like, but he's in the rest of it, right? <laughs> you're like, hang on. <laughs> We're not. Are you confused when Sam died for the first time? Yeah, I'm like, I know they don't actually stay dead. Yeah, we're gonna make a podcast called "We Need to Talk About Sam" about a show where Sam dies at the end of the second season. <laughs> Doesn't come back. For like, thirteen. Wait, did Sam die? <laughs> Welcome to Remember, Supernatural. The first thing, no I was one's like, really dead. 
<laughs> like, did John die in season one? And I was like, wow. And he did die. He died in season two, but. Well, beginning of season two, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then Sam dies. Does Sam die? And Dean dies. Did Dean die? <laughs> There's a pattern going on. Death. Well, Mary, the first episode kicks off with Mary dying, so <laughs> whole family's death. died at least once. <laughs> <laughs> but this is supernatural. In Dean's case, like, I don't even know how many times. Yeah, many. <laughs> so many Sam lost count. But, like I said, this is supernatural. No one's ever really dead. That's the motto. Um, but, no rest for the wicked. I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head. Fuck. <laughs> it's a good song. Make it creepy child Lilith. Oh like my <laughs> gosh, that actress does She's so good. such a good job. I think we gushed about her last time. The whole family needs therapy. So talented. The whole family needs therapy. There is not a therapist on the planet that could possibly help them. (laughs) Um, Katie Cassidy, when she gets to take over as Lilith, Mm, she she does does fantastic too. The way she kind of ages down, like in her mannerisms and stuff. She drops the facade Mm -hmm. of playing Ruby really. Yeah. It's all grown up and pretty. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's so creepy. How she gets like, so scared of Sam at the end too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just, she does a perfect job because the way it's not just that she's playing Lilith very good. It's the, the de-aging of her attitude and like her, the way she's talking and everything it's just like full body chills yeah the way she says is all grown up and pretty is just disturbing (laughs) on many levels yeah Um, like the whole like with sam saying hey that's not ruby anymore like dean saying it's not ruby anymore yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's like i didn't notice at first because you're all all ugly to me like (laughs) he was under a bit of pressure um I love when he sees Ruby's true face for the first time and he, like, does a double take. He's like, ugh. You're one ugly broad. He's like, I never did see it before, but you're in one ugly broad. She's like, she just gives him the look. (laughs) I would murder you if you're not already dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Katie Cassidy. Iconic. Oh, yeah. This is the last episode with Katie Cassidy. Katie Cassidy's last appearance, which is such a bummer. She goes on to air. Don't die. Holy cow. <laughs> she goes on to Arrow and does a very good job. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is our last last time with Katie Cassidy. And then we get Genevieve. I love Genevieve. I love what she does well, with the character Ruby. I've only seen her one Ruby. episode so far, so... <laughs> She's... I... Katie Cassidy is incredible, but I am definitely biased towards Genevieve. <laughs> I'm biased towards Katie Cassidy. I'm gonna see more of her so far. Yeah, Haley is more I like, familiar. I know who she is with as Katie an Cassidy, whereas I am an avid follower of Genevieve. But I've so, only seen her in one episode so far. I think so I've said she multiple times a chance to win that, me over. <laughs> like sometimes I don't know who I'm more jealous of, Genevieve or her husband. Like <laughs> it's the same thing with Daniil. Actually, no, I know who I'm more jealous of in that instance, and that is definitely Jensen. Like, have you seen Daniil? The woman is a goddess. She She's a model. She does, she does have an appearance in really? later seasons. Yeah, yeah, which is fun. I like Daniil. Daniil's great. She's very talented, too. Um, but yeah, 
Like, <laughs> who am I more jealous of? The boys or their wives? Probably the boys. Because I'm definitely more into women than men. <laughs> um, but yeah. No Rest for the Wicked is a very good episode. Shocking finale. A shocking finale. Can you imagine watching this air live for the oh, first yeah. time? Be like, what? Oh my like, how god. How are they gonna get out of that one? Yeah, they're like, okay, this is the second season finale where we've killed a main character, but there's not enough time for D- Sam to save his soul. And also, have... he already tried to do that, and it didn't. The demons weren't accepting. Like, I probably would have expected no the next deal. season to be about them Same. trying to bust him out of hell, but that gets resolved within the first 30 seconds of the new I season. Know. That honestly probably would have been an interesting season. Like, well, there goes that plot. Save Dean from hell. Pro- plot um, problem. <laughs> but. but. Yeah, now I'm going to have the song No Rest for the Wicked. Oh, the original title for this episode was No Quarter, a Led Zeppelin song title, before it was changed to No Rest for the Wicked. The, the new title makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a good song. But yeah. Um, okay. We don't have many things about the whole season. Oh, so my friend Aramis, who I've mentioned multiple times over the course of the season, sent me some things that we could, like, read and discuss on the episode. So, like, one of the things she said was very interesting. It's... She says, um, the one thing that always gets me about that season is just how much of the time Dean is the main person standing in the way of himself being saved. Um, like, it isn't until Dream a Little Dream of Me when he finally admitted that he didn't want to go to hell. But even after that, and especially in the last episode, it feels to me anyway, like, some of the things he objects to are kind of small potatoes. Like, someone complaining about the paint job on the lifeboat being sent to save them. Like, <laughs> yes, that's a bit of exaggeration. And I do get why he had some misgivings, and that he was still very aware that Sam's life would be forfeit if they weren't careful with how they saved him. But I also get why Sam was getting frustrated when he was trying to find anything to save his brother, and Dean kept shooting idea after idea down. Yeah. Which is very, this is a very good point that I hadn't really Something noticed. Something I kind of thought about, too. Is Dean, obviously Dean doesn't want to go to hell, yeah. But he's also the number one, like, uh, what's the Wait, negative yeah. Nelly or whatever. Like, he's like, nope, can't do that plan. I think he was nope, like, nope, can't do that plan. Hyper fixated on anything that might put Sam I think that's really his big danger. issue, yeah. Is if he like, goes, don't do this, don't he, do that, because that could potentially lead mm-hmm. you down this road, and yeah. Yeah, that's his whole, I think that's really his main issue with every single idea that Sam comes up with, is that... I guess with the exception of the Lazarus one, but that one he just didn't want to... The Lazarus Rising, whatever. That's the episode title of though. <laughs> you mean, What's um... The Frankenstein dude. Oh, I think that one... That one, he just he, didn't want his body, like, messed up and stuff. Also, that, that's Which probably makes a factor. Um, but also, he does talk, too, about how, like, if he backs out on the deal, Sam dies, you know? So, right, I think yeah. I think that really is, like, his main driving factor this season is keeping Sam safe. He's like, I made this deal so that Sam would live, like... 
I'm not about to do anything that's going to jeopardize that. So, um, um, oh, this is one thing, and I think I mentioned this, I think maybe I, maybe I remembered reading Aramis's thought about it. So this is another thought Emma's had, which is, um, first time Ruby dangles the possibility of saving Dean over Sam's head, she wasn't exactly lying because she didn't say she could save him. Her exact words were, I can help you save your brother. Her whole purpose was to get him to use his powers, and from what we've heard, the original plan was for Sam to actually save Dean, but the writer strike man had changed things around, which is something we've talked about. So when that was written, it was very possible they weren't even writing Ruby as outright lying. I don't think even with the writer's strike, Ruby was outright lying. Like, because she did. She told Sam multiple times that there was that she could help him save right. Dean. And she did apparently have a plan that would have yeah, worked. But Sam, Dean wouldn't let Sam go down that path. And then she's like, well, now it's too late. You yeah. know? And I think that the path that we're going to be seeing Sam going down in season four that we've already kind of gotten a little bit of a glimpse at... Um, She's, like, teaching him how to use his powers, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think that was the original plan for saving Dean. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I think even with the writer strike and the change that they, changes they had to make, she still isn't lying. They just weren't, because they weren't completely to... truthful. <laughs> no, definitely. But she was definitely being very particular with her words. Yeah. Because, like, like, we mentioned um, at the end of... Um, Molly's Malafakaram, she tells Dean, I, I can't, can't save yeah. you. But she the way she words it to Sam is I can help you save Dean. Right. Like, it's not I can save Dean, it's I can help you save Dean. Like, it's she wasn't very being hundred like, percent truthful, but she wasn't lying either. She so. definitely wasn't lying. She definitely wasn't giving him the whole truth, but yeah. Um And then Aramis had some Lilith thoughts. Um, she says, listening to No Rest for the Wicked. And I'm actually not sure if it was mentioned why Lilith tended to possess little girls more often than not. But it's also been a little while since I watched the season three, so I could be forgetting something. I don't think it's ever mentioned. Um, says, however, I do have some theories on why she may have had a propensity to possess little girls. Mostly having to do with the fact that she was supposedly created by God as a human at the same time as Adam. If I remember right, we weren't taught about Lilith at any of the churches I grew up going to, which nope. same also weren't taught about her. Um, so it's assumed she came into being as a full-on adult. So she never got to experience childhood. Mm. My thought is that besides being from a filmmaking standpoint, it's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Big facts. Uh, she likes to possess little girls because she likes to capture that feeling of being a child, even if it's in a very t twisted, demonic way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really think that's an interesting Especially because, <clears throat> I guess, like, Adam and Eve, they got to experience, like, innocence in the Garden of Eden, you uh -huh. know? A little Whereas... bit before they were thrust into reality. Yeah. Whereas, well, let's just get the boot right away. What? <laughs> 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 I don't know why that was so funny. Your little sound effect <laughs> The, that's her getting she kicked did, out of the She did the little, like, take a hike, the motion. <laughs> so great. And there was an exact sound effect when it happened, I'm sure. Um, that's what. But yeah. You're when right. God kicks people out of the garden of Eden and goes. <laughs> <laughs> 
know if I can even make that sound. <laughs> I don't know why that is so funny to me. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, <laughs> assuming Adam and Eve exist in supernatural lore. Um, I assume they do. I'm what assuming was they do. <laughs> and um, God and Satan and yeah, literally um, everybody else. But yeah, I think you're right. Like Adam and Eve got to like chill out in the garden and do their little like innocent, don't know Pick what right and wrong them. are, perfect little life thing. Talk to serpents, eat fruit, fruit. <laughs> pet um, lions, whatever they but do. But like, yeah, they got to have like an innocence, even if it wasn't like a childhood. They got to have a period of like sort of childlike innocence, innocence. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Lilith definitely never got that because she was <laughs> given the boot. She had to grow up too fast. She had to grow up too fast, and now she uses age regression to cope with her trauma. She got some daddy issues. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, now, Aramis also mentioned um, that I had that she has a strong opinion on the demon knife and how much it would or wouldn't affect Lilith, but pretty much all of it would involve spoilers for Haley. <laughs> Uh, um, but my short answer is it wouldn't kill her. Huh. Which I agree. After yeah. reading Aramis's um, so did logic, we ever see the demon knife not work on a demon? Yes. Okay. After reading Aramis's logic for which is some things that I had actually forgotten that will be coming up in this next season, um, the, the logic, like the reasoning, um, I agree. I don't think the demon knife would have hurt hmm. Lilith. I think. Or would have, like, killed Lilith. I think it may have hurt. I think she may have thought, even if she knew the knife itself wouldn't kill her, she may have thought that in the hands of Sam, Since it he just would. withstood her. Since he, yeah. Blasty since she magic. wasn't able to... <laughs> her blasty magic. Her, like, yeah, her... Since he was completely unharmed by her whatever the fuck that big white light is. Incineration, like, basically. Yeah. I think it might be fair to think that she was worried that even if the knife on its own in, like, the hands of anybody else wouldn't do any real damage to her, if Sam specifically could do real damage with the knife. Hmm. It's a thought that I just had. Like, literally just now. It's definitely possible. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It's an interesting thought. But I don't have anything else to read. And we've covered through the whole season. And I don't know how to wrap this up. But I like season three. Season three is really good. It's a good one. We've... It's got its ups and downs. It kind of gets off to a little bit of a rough start. But it's got some really good episodes. Some it's got favorite like, a episodes. lot of consistently good episodes. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. They kind of... Took them a little bit to hit their stride, but then once they kind of got into the like the flow of things, what would have been like kind of mid season if it was a full season? Yes, that's true. But it was more the end I of the think, season. I think because the the season got shortened, they had to do a lot more like solid episodes. Yeah, they kind of had to compress a little bit because normally we kind of go like up at the beginning we kind of dip we kind of go up in the middle we could dip and then we go up at the end you know and kind of this little wave but with this one they couldn't really do that so they kind of had like a and obviously they didn't really i'm sure they they might have had inklings of the writer strike but didn't really know how it was going to play out you know um so it like kind of like starts out 
How Mark. dare you? Bailey <laughs> is yawning. It kind of starts out and it goes up and then it kind of like wobbles and then it goes up. Yeah. And then we have a little dip and then, you know, like a solid ending. So it's really kind of got consistent like a strange, rise. it's kind of got a, a bit of a weird flow compared to the other seasons, but considering what was like going down real life at the time, it makes sense. I think they definitely did good considering mm-hmm. all the writing yeah. strike and everything going on. Yeah, definitely. Like they, sure they had to switch, cons- rewrite so many things. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Edit so many things. Oh yeah. Um, it would have been very interesting if we'd gotten the season three that was originally planned. Like, I'm very curious what that would have been. I I want to know original, what Ruby's plan is. <laughs> the original plan was for Sam to save Dean. So I guess we'll kind of have to discuss this as we do. Do we know what Ruby's plan is? I know. Okay. You don't. So you will find that out. Yes. Though. So that's what I was saying. As we get further into season four and kind of learn more of what Ruby has going on. Um, we'll probably discuss this more and maybe can a little bit more theorizing of how season three may have originally planned to play out. Okay. So we did record the first episode yes. of season four with a guest. Yes. Our, our coverage of guest. season four has our first guest, which is so exciting. My I can't friend. wait for you guys to meet them. They're fantastic. It was honestly such a fun episode to record yeah it was fun to have a third person yeah. to bounce off of we all had a really good time because like obviously just being me and Haley, like we have a good time yeah you know we have fun i think i've done most of the talking this episode but you're not feeling 100 percent. so like my that's allergies are finally sort of subsiding i'm not even gonna try to cut out all the sneezing <laughs> sorry so. in advance i sneeze a lot <laughs> i had an allergy attack like the entire episode the whole day like, yeah Bitch was struggling with her allergies all day. I don't um, know why. But yeah. So, like, but we have a good time. But it was just, like, like it just kind of freshened things up a yeah. little bit. Having a third person. And they Harold, had a lot of good insights, too. Yeah, they, always, they already want to come back for Yellow Fever, which is episode six, I believe, of season four. So, like, they will probably be back. Not they're, probably. They they're will a big be back. fan of cast, so they like the cast yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, Yellow Fever doesn't have cast in it. Oh, okay. But they were like, can I come? I want to I be with you guys for this one. And I was like, hell yes. <laughs> Please do. That would be so much fun. We all had a really good time. And I think that episode is probably one of our best. Like, it's just real fun. It was fun. fun to record. We had, it was just a really good time. And I think it comes across. So I can't I'm wait excited for you guys to hear it. The next episode I watch will be brand new content. Yes. And I'm very excited. Um, yeah. But yeah, so our coverage of Lazarus Rising will be out in a couple weeks to conclude the end of 2022. Like yeah. literally it's the last episode of the season is also the last episode of the that's covering something Haley had already watched. So we're kicking off next brand year, new year with brand new content. There is also an announcement at the end of that episode, so stick around for that. Cause uh, I already forgot what that is. It's gonna be fun. We're excited. <laughs> oh yeah, I um, think I know. I need to make sure that's all ready to go. <laughs> I don't remember Sorry. us recording that, to be honest. <laughs> you don't. It was kind of late. <laughs> but yeah, not but as late yeah. as it is now. But they don't need to know that it's late. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're very, very excited for you guys to hear that because 
I think it turned out really, really good. We had a really grand time. And I think you guys will enjoy it too. Um, but in the meantime, thank you guys all so much for listening. If you like what you hear and you haven't already, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the fun places. Also, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps the algorithm. And if you have any fellow Supernatural fans, tell them about us. If you would like to reach out, you can find the pod on Twitter at Talk About Sam Pod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can the people find you? <laughs> she just tried to eat me. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at on 3 and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. All right. And once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. marshmallow die <laughs> push it all the way to the bottom <laughs> I made Haley some hot cocoa with marshmallows and she is currently stabbing them with her tiny straw mm. also Do I think the dog needs to poop <laughs> <She's staring at> <laughs> <us>. <laughs> I started to growl she's standing by the back door just staring come here Cooper. She has been stinking up a storm. How much does one thing poop? Apparently a lot. Now I have my tiny little supernatural tree. Haley's mom gave us a bunch of so I'm guessing when she they were moving like cleared up the house and so she, I guess she was doing like a Christmas decoration purge and so she gave us a bunch of decorations so our Christmas decor consists of hand-me-downs and Target <laughs> and Basically. a Walmart tree um, <laughs> but she gave us this teeny tiny tree like this thing is like maybe eight inches tall this like it's tiny and that's including the little like burlap sack covered base it's tiny. Um, <laughs> that was the one that my old cat, I think, used to like brush her whiskers on to itch herself. It's <laughs> really cute. <laughs> um, but I have the supernatural advent calendar, and one of the days was two like paper ornaments. Um, one says "Join the Hunt" with the Impala. Um, oh no! One says "To Hell and Back." That's what it is. And then the other one, I'm thinking of the pin that I got. And the other one says, has like Cass's tie and some wings and says, I'm always happy to bleed for the Winchester bros, <laughs> which is not the exact quote. <laughs> but, and then I also got a keychain one of the days. It's a little Cass. And he looks so grumpy. I keep looking at it. It looks like he has a mustache. It does kind of look like he has a mustache, but it, it's actually just his really grumpy mouth. Um, and I didn't know where to put it. So he is the topper cast the keychain as the topper on this tiny tree. I'm actually gonna like lift him up so he looks more like the tree topper. There he is.
It's this tree has three supernatural ornaments. <laughs> quotation marks. Because Cass isn't an ornament. He's a keychain. <laughs> a keychain that I don't have any other home people for. People use like, the Funko keychain as ornaments and stuff. Yeah. It's really smart. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of Funko keychains on my backpack. If you um, just take backpack, like, the... The ring. The ring off, and then you put a little hook in, it works. I just used the ring. Or you could just do that. But it makes them look like keychains and not ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this can be the supernatural dream. Maybe I'll take the my Funko keychains that are just sitting in my backpack, which is unused in the closet, and turn you them into more? ornaments. Oh, I have a bunch. They're on my <laughs> backpack in the closet. Oh. On your backpack. I thought you said in your backpack. No, on. On my backpack. There's a whole bunch. Can you see the steam coming off of my cider? Babe has hot cocoa in her Taurus mug, and I have hot apple cider in my Aries mug. It's the first time I've used this mug, mm-hmm. and it's the perfect size. The perfect, perfect size mug. Thanks for making it, babe. Yeah, did I do good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yummy. <laughs> I've never made hot cocoa before, mm-hmm. so in the in the on the instructions on the packet it says to put the the powder in the mug and then pour the hot milk or water into the mug but every time i've seen people make hot cocoa online they put the powder into the milk on the stove and then I mean, just, you can stir it better that way and then just yeah so i just whisked it in on the stove yeah and waited until it steamed is it hot mm-hmm. yeah i figured it's like hot but like warmer than scalding which is how you want it warmer than scalding cooler than scalding <laughs> <laughs> yeah that like perfect temperature mm-hmm. mine is not to that point <laughs> yours is still steaming <laughs> i boiled um yeah i made babes first and i don't think yours got quite as hot as mine it did get a little steamy but mine i made with water i boiled in my kettle on the stove so and hers i just like warmed up the milk are you cold yeah <laughs> get the blankie baby it's on the couch What other things do we have to talk about? I worked three days of overtime this week. I worked so normal hours. <laughs> they worked normal eight-hour eight shifts. Which is still too much for me. Still too I don't much. like it. But I'm not a 40 hours a week person. I'm going to have to take her out, and she's not going to even poop. Why did you spell my name wrong? I didn't spell it wrong. No, I copied and pasted this from my friend, and she consistently spells it wrong. Okay. Love her. She, <laughs> she like, needs to spell it right. You had better not spell my name wrong after all this time. <laughs> no. I just copied and pasted these right out of um, our DMs. I'm going to have to take the dog. Hang on. Be right back. Dog. She's like, no, don't run away. 
that's what happens in December. <laughs> oh, she, she knows I'm going to grab her. Chloe, you were barking. <laughs> you little asshole. She is a little asshole. She's about to be a cold little asshole. She is. I'm about to be a cold asshole. <laughs> Go. Goodbye. I know she needs to poop. I know she does too, but she hates to poop on the patio. She's been farting up a storm. <laughs> She's a toxic cloud. I'm gonna move this. They have a. Um, There's eight more days till Christmas. Eight more days till Christmas. You better get your presents for your other family members together. I'm working on it. I can't really do much until oh, I get paid again. To... <laughs> need to like make an envelope or something for my grandma's gift because all i have for her is a card but i'm gonna like write something in the card so yeah it's gonna be like a coupon are you taking all your gifts for your family no we're only doing grandma okay so when are you getting together with the rest of them that's a really good question <laughs> i don't know i think chloe just wants attention you just want attention I'm you don't want my heart i wonder if i should be concerned about her discolored asshole you can cut this off. <laughs> the podcast. I don't know. Next time she goes to the vet. said it was like hyperpigmentation or something online. But. I think it's just a butt freckle. But if, you, if you're really concerned next time she goes to the vet... out of your basket oh you can get it yourself chloe i know she's a baby this no okay and a bone no you want tucky no <laughs> you want your octopus no what do you want chloe do you want your hoof Oh, she seems interested in that. Yes, she does. <laughs> She's holding one toy out one by one to her. That's what you have to do. So Chloe has a little basket. I got it from Target. I think I got it from the dollar spot. Um, and she consistently wants all the toys out of there. Yeah. All over the apartment. Yeah, we put all our toys in there. And then she doesn't want to take them out on her own. She will occasionally, but I think she's a little bit scared of the basket. <laughs> Why? We have no idea. She, I mean, she's also scared of the watering can. So said objects have never hurt her or startled her any time. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna plug the tree in here. But well, there's a dude working out in the gym. Is there? He's just walking around. Wave to him. Huh? <laughs> Wave to him, but he probably can't really see us. No. Um I just plugged our Christmas tree in. But, so, yeah, so she'll go over there and she'll, like, bark and huff and puff and about the basket, um, but sometimes it makes it look like she wants to go out because it's right by the door, so maybe we should put it somewhere else. I don't know. But it's a good place for it. It is. It's just a natural spot. 
but because she won't get anything out on her own so you just have to take things out one at a time and offer them to her and then um (laughs) if she takes it she takes it and if she doesn't that's not what she wants try something else (laughs) 